Welcome to the Bloody Stream Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jorge. How, what's going on? That's Hello. it. That's all I got. I, you, That's all I, I got, yeah. I'm glad that you said something I, that was also dude, very generic so that I, I also knew that you had nothing coming next. Oh, I, I swear to God, I would have just sat there. I know. I would have let the dead I air. I could feel it too. You had about half a second before I just started saying basically exactly we're, what I'm saying right now. We're not even in... It's not even like we're we weren't chatting before or like don't have things to say or mention. I don't know what it is, folks. It's just real tough to come off that cliff of the and I'm Jorge. Like you have to. There's either got to be a gimmick I got to put in there. Something. I usually have something ready to go, but um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like the real magic I'm is completely when completely illusory, illusory, illusory. Illusory. There's nothing inside. Or illu- uh, I have nothing inside. Yikes. Um, uh, I don't know if that's illusory because illusory is like a illusion. It's what that's what he says in the guess. movie, right? He oh, says something about being an illusion, but yeah. he uses the the word he illus- talks illusory. About, yeah, he something says like something that. about that, and then he talks about himself being an entity. We're talking about American Psycho, folks. Yeah, you can I don't see that think from I, the title. I don't know why I ever bring it up in well, here. Well, sometimes but. I think it like you know people when you keep listening to the next episode, you don't always if you're if you're like you're not just looking binging, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that Which go ahead and do that, folks, if you're not already. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and go back and just binge all the episodes again. So number yeah. number go up and Brian smile. That's yes, what that's Brian true. likes. I've seen Brian it happen. Like number go, yeah, <laughs> I was there. I watched it. Do you have any mentions besides American Psycho this week? I don't think I watched anything. Um, else. no, nothing else this week. Hence why we're doing this because we didn't. <laughs> not that this isn't an interesting movie to talk about, but we just went. Did, hey, let's do American I, Psycho. I am happy that we're we're doing this one because I've been needing to figure yeah. out this movie since I was a teenager. And I just really? Never okay. Got to it. Yeah, I when I watched it, I watched it as a teenager. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, so you can you can catch American Psycho on HBO Max right now. Yes. Make sure that if you're not listening to this like right when it came out, you check the website thebloodystream.com to see where it is currently streaming, mm-hmm. whatever future time that you're at, because things move around a lot. Yeah, HBO Max might randomly decide to remove it from its service for no reason whatsoever. They're very into that these days. By the time you're listening, that. maybe they'll just only add things and they'll add too much. <laughs> I think that's what, what happened. I think. So what would you rate American Psycho, Ryan? So I've watched this movie multiple times. I did watch it when I was a teenager, and I kind of want to talk about that time frame as well. Because yeah, I've only I'm watched so it as a teenager and this time. And now, yeah. <laughs> um, I love this movie a lot. I think this, I 100% have no qualms giving this a Ghost Skull Alien. Ooh. I am all about this movie. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a Mr. Cool, I think, okay. right now. But it's one of those things where there's there's... You, you can feel like it, there's enough things going on where I'm like, I could literally be yeah. talked down <laughs> to a nauseous face or up to a ghost or alien. To, <laughs> and I'm not 100% about it. It is for, I was going to say, for all of its faults and worth, it is a full move. Like, there is, honestly, like Christian Bale in this, I don't think there's an ounce of fat on this film. Like, even if you don't like the stuff or disagree with the stuff or go, Jesus Christ. It's all serving its purpose. Like, it's all moving towards something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. It's, there's very... There's, I mean, there's, there's... Yeah. No, it's all I'm trying it's all to important. think of a scene that's like... I mean, I don't know. It's an hour and a half long. I mean, I was so. going to say, like, the, the kitten scene doesn't strictly need to be there. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, it's it's one of the more preferable parts of the movie for many people, but that doesn't necessarily like. We can get into it. I know exactly. This it. it's uh, this movie. 
we'll go to the vibe, but I wanted to bring this up in terms of should you watch it before. Uh, in a way, it doesn't matter at all. In another way, it's fun to experience it without. I'd say watch it first. I would lean towards watch it first. I think it's better to be experienced and then analyzed after, not yeah. going in with any notions. Yeah, because it's a uh, it's. If you haven't seen it before, you cannot really guess where anything is going. You don't really know what's happening, <laughs> and, and that's always fun, you know. Yeah, it's very not know exactly what's going to happen next for once. Mm -hmm. Some warnings about it, though. Yes. There is uh, definite animal violence for sure. Um, Physical and sexual abuse, so that's never like shown. It like it is happening like right off camera. Yeah, like the top. You're not you're not even there when it's happening. You're you see like the scene right before and right after at one point. You know, yeah. Like it's that uh, there's like extreme sexism throughout, and it's it's just like it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of stressful like yuppie culture stuff where um, it is like the the pinnacle of cis white straight. Male. Yeah, that that's that that stuff is perpetual in it so like that's a sort of you did if you're not comfortable with talking about that subject because it does it's it discusses the subject but it's not you know it's, it's pretty raw about that um that's sort of like a general warning specific warnings uh f slurs ahoy in this movie mm. there's like i think i counted on both hands the amount of times they say the f slur in this uh, fucking i think movie. R, uh, using the r word too um i think so they're regardless the top of the head i would it's put that it in type there, of it's, the point is they're talking like yeah, that you know? it's re it's yeah there's some harsh offensive language yeah characters are actively like hateful in there both about race exactly. and gender yeah um because it's it's that's what these people are like <laughs> they they mentioned donald trump a lot if you can't tell they <laughs> quite a few times actually that's now, a really I, weird thinking about now. Yeah, like yeah. It was well, that's weird why enough I, in the part first of the reason part. I wanted to watch it again is I was watching some documentary that came out recently on like uh, different horror films and movie moments, and mm -hmm. this got brought up, and it's like literally still as relevant now as it was in the eighties. You know? I actually or despised the, how the much I was watching it, going, "Oh, that all? Yep, no, none of this, none of this has really moved out of the like." necessary to view column sort of thing like everything's yeah, it's, it's like damn not it like, that's still yep totally relevant totally it's relevant. not those people's heyday in like that particular design you know yes but like the 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 template is different like the look of it is different but it's like the exact kind of activity <laughs> yeah. going on still they just switched the the color palette for it yeah yeah now i do want to say that the uh it was directed by a woman mary heron and yes she considers it to be a feminist film so like the the general she's the, a the, pretty I don't want to say hardcore, but, like, she's a pretty avowed feminist in a lot of her, like, she has a very interesting take on it. She admits herself. But, yeah, she's pretty hardcore, like, pretty serious feminist in that yeah. regard. That's all to say that the the point of the movie is to be critical of these things, but it does through does so through great indulgence of the viewing of, of such things. You know? Yeah. To the point uh, where, I, yeah. I don't want to get too much into that yet, but just know that going into it, vibe is, like, very 80s, right? drenched 80s, in 80s it's it was made in 2000 mm -hmm. and it is like she pointed out when she was originally like looking at this she was like oh we can make we can do an 80s nostalgia now like we it's been mm -hmm. enough time where we can do that um so it's like that lens of 80s you know what i mean it's not right. exactly how it would have been made in 1984 or whatever yeah. but it's evoking the highlights of that style and stuff in that. A, lot of, a lot of really good music in this one 
lot of really good music, some honestly really incredible cinematography in it. Like there's some there's some wildly high quality stuff in this. Yeah, so the soundtrack uh, was definitely the most expensive part of this budget. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then besides that, there's not there's not much else to compare it to. Like the when the, when people are like talking and stuff, it is like I what I don't know like like Mad Men like vibes. Is that right? I didn't watch Mad Men really. Is what it, do you mean? Like, are we going the, are we the still vibe on the of like vibe? In, see, yeah yeah scenes where people are like talking and like showing their cards uh, to each other and <laughs> being businessmen? You know. Well, that scene is its own thing. But yeah, the, it's a lot of for a movie called American Psycho. It's a lot of. Uh, people talking in restaurants and people talking in bars and occasional people talking in nightclubs. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and then yeah. the, the outside of that is uh, <laughs> I don't really have anything else to compare to. So no, no way. <laughs> Let's pop it open. <laughs> Absolutely. We are on, we are in our pristine white apartment room with our wonderful pretentious artwork on the wall on our lovely, I don't know any, sheets brand named bed to open the spoiler configuration we didn't do a sensual thumb circle because there's no emotion in this at all mm-hmm. it's a purely transactional environment <laughs> yes so christian bale uh is he most famous as batman now yeah big but thing? he's i he's mean always yeah been that's his he's been famous since this movie. thing yeah. he's well, an incredibly prolific actor, but yeah, he's mostly yep. known for Batman. <laughs> that sucks, dude. You can be so prolific for so long, and then people are like, Batman, now you Batman. <laughs> cool, thanks for that. Uh, but he plays I think Patrick he's Bateman. able to play so many things that he doesn't yeah. give a shit, but yeah, like... Yeah, he, yeah. Plays, uh, he plays Patrick Bateman, who works on Wall Street doing... I don't, I don't really understand what Wall Street people do half the time, honestly. He just I think sits, the movie likes to help you out yeah. in that regard. <laughs> sits at a desk and goes out to dinners and bars and stuff mostly. Yeah. <laughs> he we we see we hear a lot of his inner monologue as he is like openly explaining to you like all of the things that he does in his routine to fit in with people and mm-hmm. to actively be fake towards them so that he can like fit in is like what he seems to want. Um, yeah. but he feels that inside he has zero emotions and doesn't care about any of this and just wants to like murder people he yeah the only two concrete feelings he describes himself having are greed and disgust right which is just a haunting (laughs) it's so upsetting to hear we uh we see him at his job and he's he's pretty confident but there's one person played uh by fucking fucking what's his face God, there's so many people in this movie. <laughs> Jared so, Leto. There's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Jared Leto plays Paul Allen, who is another person at his company who is, like, you can tell better than him in his worldview. Like, he just has, he like, views the him more, as a, uh, exactly, yeah. more money, the nicer stuff, you know, like, the better sense of the fashion, things like that. Can get in, can get a reservation at the hot new restaurant that no one else can get. Um. So, <laughs> this is... We see him, we see Chris, uh, Patrick Bateman, like, do, start murdering people before this. But, like, the, the big thing starts, the, the, like, the stuff really starts to get on a roll once he murders Paul Allen. Yes. Um, which we can get into the details of some of this, but I'm just going to cover the, the plot real fast. Exactly. We'll do a run through uh, just to make sure we have So it. then, like, the rest of the movie, there's, like, an investigator, like, trying to find, like, people are talking actively about Paul Allen's disappearance. As the investigator Patrick played Bateman, by Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe, yeah. Uh, Patrick Bateman continuing to 
kill more people and become more and more reckless until it turns into kind of like a weird uh it starts to get more and more fantastic to where like there's cops shooting at him and he's (laughs) shooting back at them and one of their cars blows up and he's like murdering sex workers with by like dropping chainsaws down spiral staircases at them and and all those things until it culminates yeah until like cops are chasing him there's helicopters and shit and it, it culminates with him confessing to his lawyer everything he's done and then going to dinner with his friends to i I guess go talk to his lawyer he they're Uh, just no he just happens to see him at the bar yeah (laughs) like his friends want to go he's like cool great and then he just sees him and confesses like he brings it up he kind of confronts him about the confession he made yeah and the lawyer thinks that the confession was just a joke and that it was um that he was just joking and that he's not actually Patrick Bateman. Somebody else is Patrick Bateman. He's actually some other guy who was pretending um, to be Patrick Bateman on the phone. Yeah. And he's incredibly confused by this and we don't really know what's going on. And, uh, we realize kind of like at that point that he's been just like actively saying bizarre shit to everybody. And he's acting crazy in, in that restaurant, but just like nobody gives a shit, you know? And he realizes that nobody cares at all what he's doing (laughs) and that, he maybe murdered people. He maybe did it, and it it maybe doesn't matter. And he's just fucking sad. You know? I think that's the only non maybe in the movie, Jorge, is that it does not matter. Yeah, <laughs> because that's the last. Yeah, the the, la- the last line is this confession, confession has meant nothing. Nothing. Which um, close up on his eyes, oh like fucking God. haunting, dude. <laughs> uh, there is a fun little bit with the ending. Um, this is based on the novel by Brett Easton Ellis, mm-hmm. who in, I think it's 91, maybe 92 is when the novel came out. It is just... It's the movie came out nine years after the book. So Yeah, so 91, 91 I think then. Um, it is a giant commentary on masculinity and materialism and consumerism and capitalism and yuppie culture and all that sort of stuff. Um, in there, if you don't know, by the way, yup, yup, yuppies are the like the '80s Wall Street guys that had like the 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 blue shirts with the white collars and cuffs, you know, and the suspenders and stuff. And I mean, like it's it that's like the classic '80s Wall Street person, but they still call like modern people yuppies when they're like yeah suit suit wearing, hyper focused on money and appearance, and it's a living in hip cities, you know. Exactly. Um, it was a slang term. It, it the it was shortened down and kind of weirdly to from young urban professionals that's what mm. a yuppie that's where the yuppie part of it comes in um yeah and it's it's talking about these 20 somethings that are just disgustingly rich um yeah but the the novel ends with the line uh this is not an exit which happens to be the uh, sign right, the above, sign him, right yeah. above patrick bateman as he's making that last confession um before they zoom in on him so it was a fun little kind of ad. What there. do you know? What the what the this is not an exit was in reference to? Um, I read the novel, I think almost a decade ago. ago at this yeah. point. Um, I will probably honestly go back and two episodes later you'll hear me go. It meant this. This is what he was talking about. This is what it was referenced to. Um, I think it's just the worst a part line about he reading says, books is you you just forget and then you have to read the whole read ass again. book again. There's Dude, no you don't get to scrub through and go here was the last five minutes of the book. Great, like you can try that. You can go to the last five pages and try to read it, 
But like, you're not going to get any of that. Synopsis of books are way less detailed than movies. <laughs> oh nobody yeah, wants to have to read Wikipedia. the whole fucking book again. Fuck and they're like, why would I write about a book that's just that's just the book? <laughs> also, if you could get everything from the book down into those pages, like in a in a plot summary, you don't need to read the book. The book's not good enough. Even if it, you didn't do that. Um, I, I don't remember what it's AI about. to take in book text and shorten it as much as possible. Stop giving them ideas <laughs> to take money away from artists, Jorge. <laughs> you already want to AI add commercials into movies. I'm about to make so much money, Brian. No! They're already doing... It's not anything actually big. I think it was mostly for like storyboarding type things. They are already trying to make movies with AI. Like they're already trying to. Oh yeah. Put no, I mean, you use yeah. tools for individual parts of it to like yeah. assist human people, but that's the nice thing. They still need humans for all this. Exactly. That's the benefit. Um, but yeah, do you? So you mentioned you had some. I don't know if you had confusions or feet, but you had some feelings on this. You wanted to parse this out. Yeah. So where did it, you want to like go slash start with that? Well, the reason that we just I just covered like the plot very quickly not going through it because there's no like individual i mean there's a couple scenes i'd like to talk about just because they're they're really good but yeah. uh it's not like generally when you're done with the movie you're not you're, you're thinking in general about like what did this movie mean when i first watched it as a teenager yes. i think like one of the really bad things that happens with teenagers a lot is they become infatuated with the idea of, of patrick bateman as an anti-hero yeah. Which is an insane takeaway from the movie. As someone to I, look at in an admirable sort of way, even if it's yeah. not directly. Yeah. I was mostly like just trying to figure out like why everybody liked this movie so much. Because then like <laughs> I have because it seems like there's serious narrative issues. I mean, this movie is completely dedicated to it, like what it's trying to portray and these ideas that it's pushing forward. Yeah. To the point where like, yeah, the escalation and like the insane the insanity of like the way things are unfolding as he's becoming unhinged and it just doesn't it does like him running away from cops and shooting yeah. people and stuff loses all weight because you're like this can't possibly be happening like this you know so it's yeah and it's because it, it cares more about yeah like that idea of that ev literally everybody's ignoring him and what he's doing does not matter and he can get away with anything and so but i'm like i'm a viewer and i'm trying to watch a movie you know <laughs> um <laughs> So I struggled with it because I'm like, I just, I don't, I didn't, but you can feel that there's like stuff there. And mm -hmm. I feel like back then it was harder to just like look up analysis of stuff. And why is this? Yeah. yeah like, what now was I just go into Google that? and I'm like, but Google, why? You can, you literally go to Google and you'll find seven sub r slash movies, sub like, you know, threads with what was going on with this scene and that scene and this scene. And it's a million people going, it was yeah. this and that and this. And then so, also like 10 dozen thoroughly downvoted things that yeah. are like, the weapons grade bad takes on it and you're like jesus christ right. you said that out loud thinking everyone was going to agree with you that's <laughs> why so this time i i went and i i did not realize i didn't remember that i had that opinion of it until i started watching it i was like oh yeah did i even like this movie when i was there <laughs> uh and afterwards i was like cool now i'm gonna go right to youtube and type in american psycho and, and start it's explained and feasting um, <laughs> And somebody did a good video on that, like included uh, responses from Mary Heron mm -hmm. and um, I think Guinevere Turner, who wrote the screenplay, who yes. operated the screenplay, and is also in the movie. Oh, who does she play? She's Elizabeth, the friend in Paul oh, the, Allen's like the apartment. goth one. No, 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 no. Oh, the oh, red-haired kind wow. of one with the Whitney Houston stuff. And she wow, I didn't know she was a screenwriter. <laughs> Yeah, she, she gets she gets eaten out. 
yeah. It's funny joke if you've you seen know, the movie. It's good. You'll laugh later when you come back and go, oh my god, the movie. And yeah. for those of you who hadn't seen the movie, just Patrick Bateman starts getting a little bit more cannibalistic towards the end. If yeah, you, if you, if it really starts spiraling in terms. Yeah, of, it was a double. Yeah. It was a double entendre because he did he did both <laughs> to her. It was literal and but that wasn't metaphor. clear. God, we got it, folks. Yes. So I, I watched I watched the analysis of it and like it talked a little bit about uh yeah how people take this in multiple ways and like lots of times uh portrayal of satire like like satire when you're doing yeah. it and you're trying to portray something and you also have to be entertaining and like you're showing it off sometimes you inadvertently are making it seem like wow this is actually awesome you know yeah like, there's one a of the things they try to they they try to do in this movie is 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 display like uh the just um how much these people indulge in everything like it just this idea yeah. of excess uh and so they show you excess through the movie and people always like seeing excess yeah. in movies you know it's just like you're like wow what if i had all this money <laughs> that's one of the weird that's one of the fundamental struggles for me with movies is and i think people will push back on this but i'm i'm going to stand by it on some level I'm trying to think of a few examples that don't really do it and they're kind of hard to come by in some ways, but um, a lot of the times with what you're talking about and kind of in general, movies give you the perspective that they're coming from. You know, like it, it mm-hmm. sounds kind of obvious, but like through the fact that you're watching this from the perspective you're watching it from inherently gives bias to what you're seeing. Um, it, it's a lot easier to explain in like an action movie or a Marvel movie or a budget, whatever, like, when you're with the superhero and with your the protagonist, even if they're not always whatever, you start to empathize or understand or relate in some way to them. Patrick Bateman being someone who is fundamentally greedy and wants excess because, like you said, we're showing that. It's always going to look that sort of way. It's always going to look if not explicitly endorsed implicitly by the fact that we're watching it so much, we get that weird feeling of, well, if we're here so often, you know, like if we keep seeing shots with this, we keep looking at this. If we keep seeing it in this way that is flattering, it must be good inherently, like because of the simple fact that we're watching it all, despite the fact that the intentions are to say, this is fucked up. You know what I mean? Well, it's also something that they talk about, like the reason that people start to identify more with Patrick Bateman is because even though like when you remember the movie, you're like, yeah, that's a fucking violent movie. There's chainsaws (laughs) and axe heads and and things like that. But when you actually see it is like they very rarely show anything happening. They largely focus on on Patrick Bateman and like obscure all that stuff. And they don't once like he is. Especially starts when he starts going into murders, they stop treating the victims like people, right? Like it, they're just like things running away, and it's all about yeah. him. And um, it's part to show, uh, to like the movie is thinking the way that he is, right? And, like that's one of yeah, like, the hard parts. Yeah, it's showing you his perspective for warts and all. Yeah, like, and like really not... thinking about what he's thinking about because he's probably like it gives you that feeling like yeah he's he cares more about the way that he's acting during the murder than what is actually happening to to yeah to the people um and it has the double effect of since they're not showing that as much and more of what you're seeing is the front that he's putting up to other people or the way that he's actively thinking about himself that's what you're seeing and you're you end up like falling for his like his like mask that he's putting yeah. on for people and even for himself. I get, you know? I get what you mean. I get what you mean. You, 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 he you, says, you slip into, you kind of like, 
it it takes a bit where you can be we like get, we're, sure, we get great but yeah. tricked by him you're you're getting tricked by him just like everybody else and like yeah one of the things is that he there's like multiple layers to it right because there's like the the front that he knows he's actively putting on to everybody else mm-hmm. and then the way that he's talking about himself where he doesn't have any feelings but that's also a front that he doesn't realize that he's putting up for himself because he has many feelings he starts yeah falling apart because he clearly <laughs> has is having an emotional it's, breakdown like well and and it's that the it's the crux the the main conflict of it it's great because christian bale we'll talk about it in a second but like his performance is so incredible you could almost see patrick bait the entity crashing through christian bale's face trying to get out in front like with how he is sometimes like mm-hmm. it is that emotional like the things he so the breakdowns he has are because he actually is revealing his true self which is yeah a sociopath what well, what used to be called sociopathic like you know these unfeeling except for these malicious you know like this violent urges behind him thing so, coming out in front like i i suspect it's not like having psychopathic tendencies being a psychopath is what he wants to be and he still isn't that even ooh the inside inside is that he has fallen for all this consumer culture stuff. Yeah. And there's he wants to imitate everybody else and he wants to fit in and like the things that he's doing in order to do so are tearing him apart, you know, like the Yeah. That's why he's having a breakdown like people say about He clearly does have the violent oh, yeah, he wants to murder people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sorry. Yeah. But I think like what the and you know, maybe not in like a real human way, but I think part of what the movie is saying is that like he, I think his desire to murder people is the desire to get people to notice him at all or like a more secure yeah. way of him identifying himself as better. Like through another example is like the control of, of women's bodies, oh you know, God. like the way that yeah. he commands, tries to command people it's around. It's just it like a, orders. There's no. It's something that happens with serial killers, right? Like that's yes. part of it is like that sense of control. Uh, and he's just so desperate to be different than other people too. Because he's in order to be to the stand best, out he's, in he's the like crowd, yeah. conformed, and that's why he's completely distraught when people won't believe him. Like he wants people to believe that he's murdered people. He hates the idea that he hasn't murdered anyone, and Ooh. that like literally nothing that he does matters because he's just like everybody else. And like that's really like what's destroying him inside. I completely his bloodlust is being fulfilled. You know, like presumably, yeah, exactly. Presumably, presumably yeah. yeah. I do. I like that. I'm I'm very interested by that take. I do, there is there is part of me that is always, and I think Mary Heron talked about this in one of the interviews I read, that, like, Patrick's a monster. And we're just, mm-hmm. we're showing Patrick with no, not necessarily any condemnation or support, like, trying to show him as he is. Obviously, satir- under the satirical lens that it's going through of 80s consumer capitalism. Um, A.K.A. now consumer capitalism. Whoa, still relevant. Um, but like the not knowing about him also, um, being important because one, it gives us the opportunity to fill in, like we're talking about of saying his utter sense of belonging, you know, wanting to belong, that sort of thing, but also to go fundamentally, he's just a monster. He's just a monster who doesn't, there's no explanation behind him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is cool in the themes. Like, I think that's the larger point we're talking about is, like, yeah. how the themes intersect with Patrick Bateman as a character and how they influence and talk about what happens in the story. He, I mean, he's a piece of shit. He he covets the wrong things. Yeah. He, 
the thing is that he's even worse than like he he's basically an edge lord like he wants to be that <laughs> that powerful psychopathic killer like that he imagines and he just isn't you know he he says he doesn't have emotions about anything but he doesn't kill gene or his fiance his his is a is a he never or his goes fiance. he never goes after evel i think the fascinating thing is that he has that moment where he stops he lets gene go on some fundamental mm-hmm. level versus never going after evelyn when I think the one with Evelyn, and I think it's a similar thing that ends up happening with Jean, is the societal implications of killing them. Like, if he, he killed... By Eve- the end of it, he's walking down the street <laughs> just shooting <laughs> no, people in I'm the saying, face. But what I'm saying is, that's that's the that's the climax. That is him yeah, yeah, yeah. fully incapable of holding it in anymore. Mm-hmm. And just... He tries to shoot a cat and feed it to an ATM machine. Like, he's... No. If Evelyn and Jean were around him, they'd have been dead right there. But yeah, that's the that's the overflow. That's the shooting out of like I can't control this any longer. Hence, why he makes the confession because he goes, "I think I'm done. Like I don't mm-hmm. think I can get away with it anymore." Um, the the stuff with Jean is that's his secretary, folks. Um, the societal implications of both of those are they are simply too close to him. They are simply. Like, it would be uncouth. It would be bad form. It would not look I, good to kill I Evelyn. I think Gene I, is a little different, but... I agree, yeah. but he never, like, says or implies it, that that's the reason. Like, with sure. Gene, you can see him, like, actively, like, anguishing over it and being like, I think you should go... Yeah, but know. is it the anguish of... Th- this is part of where it's purposely vague. I, is it the anguish of, I feel bad? Or is he, it the anguish of, I'm literally squeezing my fist because I want to rip your head off and if you don't leave in the next 10 seconds I'm going to like is it that I don't you know that's part of the he, reading of that. my my thing is that he explains so many things about exactly what he's mm-hmm. doing down to like the the great scene of him explaining his whole morning routine <sighs> where I have no I I feel like he would have said something like I would love to kill Evelyn but I can't because of blah 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 at some point you know I but the the fact that he doesn't comment on why he doesn't kill either of them makes me think that he's like hiding something from himself about why he doesn't kill them. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I could. Yes, I do see what you're saying. I, what I find interesting is uh, the narration overall, because in that, in most of the narration, it's not, it's pretty vapid. Like it's pretty surface mm-hmm. level stuff, even like in terms of his insights about himself. Um, until the end, post-revelation, post-all that sort of stuff. Uh, like you said, the great routine thing at the beginning is just, I can do a thousand crunches. I like to use an oil, you know, I don't like to use mm-hmm. an alcohol-based aftershave because alcohol dries out your face and makes you look older, which, by the way, folks, is true. Alcohol does dry out your face, um, just in terms of your aftershaves if you're looking for something there. But, mm. um, which, another thing they've just ripped from the books, which is perfect, the book goes into so much detail on shit. The book is oh, I, is oh my god, yeah, they so, probably go so far on all it. of all over people's gla- like that whole scene. He talks about a colleague of his, and they talk about they have a propensity for the same Valentino suits and Oliver people's glasses. Like that's ev- almost every outfit in the book is described literally in detail with designers and brand types and like double breasted or not. Like all of that shit is in there. That's awesome. Um, it's so excessive. Uh, which is the point, but um, 
I don't know. A lot of that is very vapid. Like, even him talking about his emotional state, which, again, is hilarious to point out when you think, like, he believes he is just this, so you know, this emotionless mm. monster. Um, he does, he has a weird recognition of his own emotions, but they're for these incredibly surface level things. He almost has a, he describes almost having a panic attack because he's afraid they won't have a good table at the restaurant. Like literally he, the multiple times he talks about actual like fear are because uh, a rival's apartment is nicer than his. Yep. And that he couldn't, he might not have a good table at a restaurant. (laughs) Those are, he literally talks about like panic and fear go over his body as he, you know, reveals these things. Yeah, because he could be fitting in in so many different ways, yeah. but he's actually obsessed with the other the ways other people think about him. Absolutely, like, that's that's why he does what he does because he yeah. only he cares only for being involved in the social circle, which is very, uh, it's very like 80s, any of and it's very yeah. honestly it's very American and a lot of the keeping up with the Joneses basically mm-hmm. to the nth you know turned up to eleven, um, in terms of seeing that through the lens of fashion and money and wealth and uh, personal item, you know, like owning things. Another very famous scene is uh, everybody comparing their business cards (laughs) and you get his inner monologue throughout the whole time. It's extremely funny. I was going to say, folks, well, I just want to say this movie is a comedy. This movie is funny. You are allowed and supposed to laugh at it. Mary Heron talked about the Sundance screening and literally, they were like, did anybody laugh? You know, she talks about being in black comedy. And she's like, the only people who were laughing were our little group of people. It was like me, Christian Bale, and the editor or something. And we were just laughing. And everyone else was in stunned silence during most of the movie. That's, that's awesome. And I'm like, no! Sorry, please continue. Yeah, because she, I mean, she also talks about how, like, that's another reason why people start to identify with Patrick Bateman is because any of, like, the horrible depictions of violence are usually done with a comedic thing there. Yeah. Like, when he kills uh, uh, his rival, he is dancing to Huey Lewis in the news, and there's, like, several memes from just that scene. That whole scene is the meme. Like, it's wild how many, like, things are from that. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was talking about. You were talking about the business card scene. The business cards. Uh, I did. <laughs> you know why I watched American Psycho? Why? Because I saw a, a meme somewhere where it was that scene, but they had like superimposed magic cards over the business <laughs> cards. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to watch American Psycho. Oh, no. But that in that Please scene, it's just funny that. because the, uh, the business cards look almost identical. And they, yeah. but they describe them vastly different by like the typography and the exact shade of white that mm-hmm. they're using. The raised lettering or the like yeah. printing. Which yeah. Patrick Bateman is, of course, using bone. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I think that his was the nicest business card I saw in the. I movie. like his the most. Um, the rest of them had a weird, like, like. Uh, corrugated. Yeah, look yeah, to yeah. Them, I think that was which on I did purpose. Not appreciate. Yeah, exactly. I, I. Th- Aesthetic wise, yeah, I'm with more like the clean and the simple and clean yeah. kind of like aesthetic of that. His line delivery of talking about Paul Allen's card when he just goes, mm-hmm. the tasteful thickness of it. Oh my God. It even has a water. Like, it has a water. It's so. Folks, I cannot. I'm, that's why I didn't try to do anything about it. Cannot do this performance by Christian Bale enough justice in my mm, own. Yeah, no, he's, he's extremely good. You have him. to experiencing it. 
it's pre- I think it's probably the reason why it's a ghost skull alien. I think a lot of the stuff we're mm. talking about as like potential weaker points are buffeted and ascended to where they're supposed to be because of how he performs it. Like in a lesser with a lesser actor or a different actor or maybe even a different director talking about these things, none of it would play. It would play as unironic. It would play yeah. as like legit. And I think fucking Christian Bale sitting there talking to Jared Leto, who's getting drunk out of his mind so that he can kill him, just going, I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? That's a line he says in the movie. And he says it so perfectly. Like, there's no other way. You just hear it in your head for the rest of your life. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Like, it's so fucking funny. I love uh, when he's at the club <laughs> and the girl asks him what he does. And he's like, I'm in, I like murders and executions. And she mishears it as mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> Him, that kind of stuff curious, is, I, I find very funny. But like, she follows it up with the line, do you like that? And he literally leans in and he goes, that depends. Why? Like, he's legitimately like, oh, what are you talking? Like, hmm, wait a minute. And then she reveals the thing and he goes, oh, okay, cool. Like, I can kill this lady because <laughs> she's an idiot. Um, which she's not. It's a whole yeah. different well, it's, thing. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole time, it's maybe that just he's not actually saying those exactly. things. Exactly. That's the it, part of that where you go... I but I think the the it feels like the point is that regardless of whether he's saying it or not, people do not care. He could say, do whatever he might as they well can. Be saying, yeah, he yeah. might as well be saying it because people will do anything they can to ignore it and keep focusing on themselves. Yeah, it's it's very. Um, I will say this: there was a, there was the talk about portraying women as victims. Um, I think there, I think Gene is the thing we, closest we get to a fully fledged female character evelyn is Mm -hmm. evelyn is a full character but her character is she is fully part of this system like you know she's part of this she is just as self-absorbed and whatever that's what a lot of the characters are you know they she like she only needs uh patrick to do like what is required of him for them to fulfill their like role yeah she wants to do the things she wants to get married and whatever uh courtney is the only one who also has actual moments of real character development mm-hmm. and is fundamentally very sad for those, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, like, I think because really she's in the system and realizes that she does not she, want to be in it, and she's fucking miserable. She you know? knows where she's at, and she's like, oh my god, yeah. Um, which is a fascinating... There's a really sad moment when she's talking mm-hmm. to Patrick in her bedroom, and he just turns her, and she like sees the look in his eyes and realizes, like, I'm not getting through... Like, there's nothing to get through with this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say what in something else instead. Cause she was very clearly on the point of like a breakthrough or like, you know, talking about something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, completely lost where I was at. Oh, the women who are victims are portrayed. Like you said, they do get dehumanized, especially over the course of it. But I think there's a couple of fundamental things that are interesting about them. The model we're talking about who, eventually has her head in a freezer and had to do they did the simp the simplest effect ever they cut a hole in the fridge Love and it. she stuck her head up with a little bag on it and some like cold looking on things on it um very ch- again this movie's made for like six million dollars it's fucking ridiculous oh. how little it was made for um this movie looks so fucking good looks for that budget great for it yeah i thought they i thought they must have had a huge budget they got a little bit more because i think one of the buildings they were going to do corporate location like they were going to do an actual mm-hmm. building and then they couldn't for some reason. I forget why, but they had to actually build sets. So like all of, you know, most of like Patrick's apartment stuff is just a set with a little wall behind it that looks, they do a great job because you can both see it and it like, you don't notice it, but when you look, you can see it that it's artificial in the background, which is another fundamental, mm. like, ah, 
they're on an artificial back. Get it? It's artificial. It's fake. Like right. it's the whole society right. is. Um, but it still looks effective. Like the way they light it actually feels like it's kind of outside or at least gives you that like false sense of it that you don't pay attention to it. Um, the the model we're talking about says, you think I'm dumb, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, she kind of recognizes how women are portrayed by these guys. And he very fakely is like, no, whatever. And she's like, she says there's something sweet about you. And I'm like, oh, like, darling, no. She says, no, it's okay. It, no, there's it's something okay. sweet about yeah, you inside, like, I can tell. That's such a wild, like, oh, my God. Um, but Yeah, I don't know what commentary that, that It was that just a was rough. Making. I don't, yeah, again, I don't really know. Um, the thing I did love, in quote, you know, a thing that helped me bring out the uh, satire and sort of part of this is the scene with the sex workers. Uh, the mm-hmm. first scene with the sex workers, where yep. we get Susudio and Into Deep by uh, Phil, Phil Collins, Collins, and we get the Phil Collins discussion, yeah, which is great. I love the way he talks about it's, music. I again, know it's... You he, need to read the a, book. Literally, those two conversations and the Whitney Houston one are entire chapters in the book. They, it's just the, so funny. the chapter title is just Whitney Houston, and it discusses her entire fucking first album and like all the shit around it. But it's the- literally like when I <laughs> I like to ask people why they like certain music because yeah. it's like the, that's the kind of response I'm looking yeah. for. It's very hard to get out of someone, but I'm like, no, like just dig a little little deeper. Push. Come on, I know you know why why you like this. Explain it to me, please. I don't know why you like it. Um, uh, yeah, it's but it's it it brings me to that he. There's the the music and his views on politics are the mm-hmm. two examples of where it's like he's very clearly like researched and crafted the exact right response to have in both of those subjects to come out as the number one knowledgeable and good person in each of those. Exactly right? what a you lot are of it is like to say, yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is like respecting emotions and <laughs> and tragedies of people, his you know, whenever discussion on politics is so great how he just runs through Honestly, and apartheid. Barring the specifics he gives, because they talk about like Shri- the massacres in Sri Lanka and like a couple of things. Literally, other than the specifics he gives, you could say that in 2023, and yep. people would go, "Yep, no, that's exactly. Yep, I completely sure. agree." <laughs> yeah, we do have to feed people. We do have to feed people and end racism and you know treat people with respect and go back to more mo- you know modern values or whatever. The the one thing I want to talk about was the sex worker scene. Hmm because of the one obvious facet is it's a fundamental showcase for his narcissism because we barely see the actual sex that's going on. It's mostly shots of Christian Bale flexing and looking at himself in the mirror and admiring Never how forgot he those is scenes. at fucking. Um, the second thing is when we do see the sex workers, they are mostly bored to unhappy. Yeah. Like... It's yeah. so good. They do not it's want to so, be. <laughs> they're not even faking the enthusiasm that you would think of like a porn star, you know, like that sort of thing. They're not even doing the performative part. It's purely, I'm here for the money. Move on. Like, let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I love the, the scenes where he's like looking in the mirror and, <laughs> and flexing his arm and staring at himself. Like, again, he's feeling something, you know, like that doesn't come no, no, from. Totally. The, yeah. Like, I think he does. Again, he recognizes greed and disgust 
Yeah, and clearly he feels a, more than that, but I... There's a bother, bunch of other nasty ones. Exactly. Like, I still don't think he's a full-fledged person. Like, I think he is still a monster, obviously, but, like... He's a monster, but I I think he's more of just, like... He a, clearly like has. A weak, broken-down yeah. person who... Who I is know. finding their framework to survive in mm-hmm. this system by feeding those horrid, terrible urges. Like, right. feeding those things the worst. Which is why, uh, like, a big thing is that he, but he doesn't do those things, right? Like, we had no idea. Or does least, he? Well, or maybe I not. Thought, all right, I, let's let's go there. Or yeah, I, I I have Paul Allen. I believe fundamentally he did not kill Paul Allen. Really? Because the now what, what the one of the big evidences that is brought up is the uh, his lawyer saying that he just had. Um, dinner with Paul Allen two times in London 10 days ago but we already know that that doesn't really mean anything because uh, Willem Dafoe says that somebody else thought they saw him in London but they mistook him for somebody else Mm -hmm. and multiple times in the movie people have full meals with somebody thinking that they're somebody else Paul (laughs) Allen believes Patrick Bateman to be Marcus Halberstram Uh, I think it's something like that it's Marcus for sure let's see I don't know (laughs) Marcus, yeah, I think, it's Marcus I think you're Halberstram, right. Yeah. yeah, Marcus Halberstram. Yeah, because I remember Jared Leto going, "Hey, Halberstram, how's the you know like that sort of thing." Anyway, yeah, so that doesn't really do anything. The more damning one for me is when he shows up at uh, Halberstram's apartment. Paul Allen's apartment. Paul Allen's apartment. And- <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know. Look, it's they tough. all look the same. It's a bunch too, of white Ryan. dudes who have slick back hair and fucking nice suits on. I could. It's amazing. I could tell yeah. who. Patrick was and who Paul Allen was. The you rest, must have no, had and, the worst. Yeah. Actually, this one didn't give. No, no, I'm thinking about it. I could also tell who. Uh, uh, like the uh, friends were or like. No, not all of them. Okay, but, that's um, uh, Where is this? Where is he? Uh, Louis Carruthers. Yes. I could tell who yeah. he was. Who? Because he's played by Matt Ross, who plays Gavin Belson in Silicon Valley. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! He's like the main antagonist oh, in Silicon oh Valley. Oh my god! It's I gotta so watch Silicon Valley funny. now. That's so fucking awesome, actually. Yeah, that that show is hilarious. By the way, you should be watching it anyways. <laughs> uh, because everybody else, I was, mm-hmm. I'm just surprised there's that many white men that I could d- differentiate. You could actually, I feel like say yeah, are like different. Matt Ross has like a pretty distinguished face. Exactly. He's also um, a, he, he is he a dressed differently. He's also a, had a, a different queer haircut. character, so he right. does look di- like he has a yeah, he middle part and has red yeah. hair. And a different, like, you know what I mean? Like, they literally yeah. go, he's, he is a marginalized yeah, person, queer. so he looks different than the maniacs in fucking Wall Street. And he, so he has, act, he also has actual emotion and yeah. actually wants to connect <laughs> with other people. Uh, he's not, he feels different than the rest of the Frank and group, has a, just other clones. also has a card good enough that drives Patrick to murder. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like his card, though. No, no, I don't like, I mean, again, we, we stand Patrick's card and that's it, so. Yeah. Uh, so the what was it? Why do we keep forgetting what I we're saying this episode? We keep going off different tangents. Like we want to keep talking about different men. Um, you were talking about Lewis. I, I that was just um, like when I was going through. The oh news. man. Yep. Regardless, oh, we were talking about Paul Allen. There was more damning evidence. Oh, of Paul yeah, Allen not being murdered. He's going to the apartment, and the apartment is does not have the bodies in it. Yeah. And it's all cleaned up, but we don't. Act, 
that one was, I guess what I was thinking about yesterday was like, okay, no, there's no way that happened. But now that I'm thinking about it, like we didn't really see the whole apartment and no, the coincidence of him going this into an open house for an apartment. Yeah. So that where he thinks the Paul Allen's apartment is, there's no way it's empty. It's being painted. Yes. Nobody's saying anything about the many, many bodies that were in there. Yes. So there's multiple things with this. And there's multiple things that are throughout the movie that are also interesting in terms of editing versus like our own logic. Mm -hmm. Multiple times in the movie, through no actual editing efforts, they go through spans of time. They go through weeks of time. Like, we see Paul Allen's murder. We see Paul Allen's murder. And... Mm -hmm. Literally with the cigar in his mouth, whatever. Cut to him coming into the office and Gene going, Donald Kimball is here to see you. And yeah. because it's a missing person, it feels like it's the next day. It feels like the next day. Clearly, it has to have been multiple times since that. Like they can't, yeah, like at least it several can't days. have been that because what 12 hour they went, oh my god, he's missing. Because then he also mm. says somebody saw him and like it's purposely that way so there's a yeah. bit of that in terms of the leeway because it's a similar thing where he's whatever uh it's the night after he confesses to all of the shit um but he goes in i love they purposely keep it super vague and i love it because of that it's all painted over it's all whatever it feels like the way he talks about it the way that conversation happens with him and the real estate agent it feels like she figures it out that he was the guy who did, like, that they hush-hushed it so they could sell it. They went, oh, my God, get all the shit, you know, oh, my God, get all the shit out of here, get all these bodies away. Let's paint it over and not fucking talk about it. And then she realizes, like, oh, my God. I, but she's not that scared. But there she's not, a no, ton of bodies But in she there. isn't because of the format of this. And she realizes, like, who, you know, like, this is a fucking rich white guy that she's like, just get out and don't come back. Like... I mean, Get really, it doesn't matter because if you have enough to feel that you can debate with me, it's, it's, I, I can't, it's, it's just an interesting, you know? no, it doesn't matter how I, I could be a hundred percent certain, certain, but if you feel that you have enough to argue about it, then it is still ambiguous. But I also so love fun. the ability. I also love the turnaround of like him coming in and going, oh my God, Paul, e- even if I didn't do that, you know, like all these other things, like even if let's say he did kill Paul, like he killed Paul and then he looked in to see the rest of, like, the things he had, like, spiraled out of, and then, like, oh, my God, yeah, Paul's just been gone, so they just sold the apartment. Like, mm-hmm. I I always operate under the thing that it is Paul Allen's apartment. Like, I always operate under that. I don't think he stumbled mm. into a wrong open house that well, has a what, when layout. He's, when he's running away from everybody, he's shooting everyone on the streets, yeah. he goes into a that has into to be. A off, an office building, yeah. and some he he's, like, a little confused, <laughs> and somebody says hi to him by the wrong name. Mr. Smith, yeah. He shoots them in the face <laughs> and immediately leaves and goes into another office building where he seems like to be like, this is the correct one. I went into the wrong one. Yeah. Before. And I think it like, is the right one because of, uh, of the, I think he's in his office at the end. Yeah. So, you're, so I think the it is other the right one, building in that regard. So the other one, he walked into the wrong building Yeah, and then somebody mistook him from someone else and that made him mad enough to shoot them. I get at Is a certain right? point in that I don't know if it's about anger. Like I think it's yeah, just I think he's just killing everybody. Exactly. Like at a certain point he is just starting to kill everybody, um, because he might as well. And I know he kills the janitor. <laughs> he's leave. He 
slams that guy, which the, is a that great looking effect. That was very funny because he's <laughs> going through because he's doing the spinny <laughs> door and he like leaves and then the door keeps spinning, and comes back <laughs> in, <laughs> and while he's still in the spinning doors, he shoots the janitor and then keeps spinning to go out. <laughs> Which is, oh, it yeah. is very funny. I don't know. Yeah, that I mean that scene, I'm like, it's that's definitely the most unreal. That's gotta be a fucking hallucination. It can't just not be. You know what I mean? That's the most incredulous one for me. Everything else I can buy in the like conceit of this oh, time he, is. You so... mean like when he drops a chainsaw directly on something? Honestly, through, like down a bunch of yeah, flights of stairs? This is the thing. Nah, man. I get I yeah, get it. Chainsaws also don't just like keep spinning, right? No. If you let go of them, I they're not just going to keep... It's, it goes for a long time. <laughs> I mean, I know I did that in one of our Outlaws and Old Ones episodes. <laughs> have it keep going. But I knew that that wasn't That's a, a thing. That's a fantastical cause... environment. That's a yeah. fantasy environment. Yeah. It's meant for that. I'm playing um, a fantasy game, and he's also having a fantasy I'm I'm fine. Like, again, it's it's about suspension of disbelief in that regard of, yeah. like, can we buy it in this, like, what this satire is talking about? How far can we push the threshold? And that being a stopping point is perfectly valid. Like, that makes well, yeah, sense I think, to go, ooh, that's too much. Um, I think that's, like, what one of the problems. I, I, the first time I was watching, I could remember starting to not enjoy the movie because it, it, was, it was too much. It, it, it blew past what I was willing to suspend, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, this, this can't be happening this way. And then they're <laughs> like, it's really maybe not yeah. happening. And I feel, like, I feel like that means it isn't happening because I couldn't. I... At least not in the way that he's doing. Like I get maybe that. that the first one where he kills the houseless person by just stabbing them, and then kicks the and dog, stomps out the dog. To death. Yeah, that's yeah. Really, that was actually very upsetting. Yeah, I was like, ooh, didn't, didn't yeah, didn't like that, that at all. Um, yeah. th- but that's the thing, and it, it's that's a similar thing that happens in the novel, um, because there's a lot cut out from the novel. This is a fucking expansive, ridiculous novel. The ending isn't even the same point. Like hmm. he actually goes through this cathartic. You know, that line, all of that monologue is in the book. And then there's just more chapters after it. Um, oh, yeah. like, there's just more stuff. But um, the violence in the book does a great job, does an effective job. I'm not going to call this, put a moral you know, thing to this. But it does an effective job at like leading you down the path of it. Like The first thing of violence we get is that he mentions that there's a knife in his coat at the club. And then like, you know, we get the murders. We're talking, you know, we get the guy with the dog and that sort of thing. Um and it gets to a truly heinous and ridiculous point in the book. There are those there are scenes that people talk about that they threw up at, that they're like, this should be banned and all that sort of shit. Oh, Truly cool. disgusting, un, not fun, like disgusting shit. You know what I mean? Um, but it leads you up there. Like during the reading of it, I was like, this is bad. But like fundamentally. Oh, I, I have heard that, that they use like little iterative just, progress to get you to something really the escalation nasty. Escalation is so like okay with consistently bit by bit that you're like, yeah, these are the, you're, you're going ick the whole time, but not like what they're talking about. So when people read them out of context, they're like, Jesus Christ, what kind of fucking soulless heathen reads this shit? You know what I mean? Um, Me. They do. And they kind of do that in here, but Simply because of the runtime and what they have, yeah. it's harder yeah, yeah. to get up to that. That makes sense. But so, yeah. uh, just taking it at, at like the the movie face value, um, I think my point is more like it. It for me, it's fan- the, the stuff that happens is fantastic enough to like at least a good amount of it is not real, mm-hmm. 
right. to recognize that some uh, of this can't be actually yeah, happening. Yeah, and in it, the world. it is more so what he wants to be happening. Yes, and I think by it not being real, it's just it it hurts him that he's not actually that person that can do those fantastic things. Oh, or like sure. Engage in that level of mayhem and murder. Like he he That's is he a nasty yeah. little motherfucker that wants to do that kind of things, but, but he's also like and weak and pathetic. Exactly. And just conforming with everybody else and like hates himself for not being more. There was a great edit I noticed in this that can help with that theory because after he drops the chainsaw and again, by the way, Christian Bale fucking horror icon in that scene, because Mm. first of all, his, you almost see his dong multiple times in throughout Mm. the movie. And no one is upset about that. It's just like, God damn it. Give it to us. Um, but no, Shannon was upset about him wearing tidy whities because, like, come oh, on, man. but they're like, he looks perfect in that. That's just the real American psycho part of it. That's you know? the most. Listen, men are some of the biggest appreciators of the male looks form. Looks like he's wearing a glass of milk. And straight men are among the worst in terms of appreciators of the male form. Like they slobber over fucking dudes' bodies. Just wear some, <laughs> some tasteful boxer briefs. He does at that. one point, but yeah, he wears those tidy whities. Not the tidy Him whities. doing there's a there's a thing. He's doing a stretching routine in the beginning, and there's a scene where he does the like it's like a hip stretch where you kind of your arms out are mm-hmm. in a T and you roll your legs like over, a, oh, or is it like a glute? Hamstring? I feel like it's a warrior's pose in yoga. Or something. It's like something that. like that, but it's like laying down. You know, like, like, it looks like that, but you're laying oh, down. That he, was what I was he's laying about. down. Yeah, that's that's for your glutes. Like, yeah, the glute stretch. He does that, and I'm like, I'm not gay, but I think I might be gay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I watch, and I'm like, this is just a perfect, your body looks literally perfect right now. Um, But he's a fucking horror icon in that scene that we're talking about with the chainsaw. The way he primally just aggressively, hatefully screams at the woman he's just killed is like, that'll stay in my fucking brain forever. But it cuts. That's that's the point where, like, while he's chasing her out, he even, like, tries to start eating her leg at one yeah point. and she kicks him in the face she and he goes him not the, the face, face and he gets really mad oh. <laughs> um but at the end of that scene we see the result of it with the chainsaw stuck in her side it hard cuts to him drawing the scene on a whoa on the, yeah i'm on just thinking about it now you're totally clock. right and i'm like oh that's a perfect like non-visual cue that this is potentially a hallucinate you know like something he was it's, just imagining like it might yeah it it's that's a might great. Literally, not even be a full hallucination. Might just be like what he's actively thinking right, about that, at that moment when she's talking. Exactly. To her. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was like, "That's a very good, fucking like again." Non. It doesn't need to explicitly say it. Yeah, because explicitly real, saying it kind of fucks it up. If you go, if you point out one way or the other. Yeah. The point I mean, him, becomes him, we're debating that instead of going. God, even if he does, the fact that he's thinking all this, holy shit, what does that say? Like in a larger point, continue, sorry. Him thinking about it and creating the doodles and everything, the, the, that's definitely actually happening because we also like, there's a lot of emphasis put on his assistant Gene yeah. reading through his date book uh, that is now filled with little doodles of oh, murder and mayhem. It's growing and growing pages yeah. of it. There's one-on-one with still dates of like things mm-hmm. and then it's just murder and mayhem on it. Um, so it's like yeah. very likely that like maybe even the things that he's imagining the whole time, that's actually just him doodling in his little date book yeah. while he's stuck in the office all day because like doing nothing. Stuff to work a shit ton, yeah. Every time we see him, he is watching TV or just listening to music mm. or doing a disgusting crossword with just meat and bone over and over again because he's fucking upset. Now, because now that you mentioned that, uh, his fiance Reese Witherspoon. By the way, I don't yeah. think we mentioned that Evelyn's played by Reese Witherspoon. Pre- did we? <laughs> 
but she blowing says blowing up, but definitely still Reese Witherspoon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. She says, um, he he's like, I have to work, and because <laughs> in response to not wanting oh, to get married, she, and she says, married, your father goes, I can't owned... take the time off. <laughs> yeah, and she says, your why your father owns the company, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. And he says, I don't want to talk about yeah. this. Which to me again, <laughs> that was one of the indications I had that he actually feels really sh- that he didn't earn his place there. That everybody does hate him because he's just a weird little it's the, weasel. He feels that, like the falseness, it's nepotism of, that yeah, got exactly. in there. Yeah, like, like he doesn't actually have to perform well. It seems like he doesn't maybe even have anything to do at work, and everybody hates him because he's the boss's son, right? Yeah, but I don't think everybody hates him because I think the one conceit about that is I think everybody else also doesn't do anything at work. Like I think they get mad at Jared Leto for having the Fisher account. And I'm sure it's because he was just at a dinner and fucking said something inane to somebody who mattered. And they went, sure. Have the Fisher account. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're all like that. uh, Fundamentally. And that, I don't know. I don't know. They don't, they don't show. We don't see. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when we see them, you know, when we see them, we only see them having drinks and going to clubs and doing drugs. The only time we ever see any of them are doing that. Yeah. I, yeah, I all this is to say like my my main theory is that he's a pathetic little worm basically <laughs> that wishes he is was what he is portraying to us through his monologues and then yeah. there's the additional layer like of uh, of mask that he puts mm-hmm. up to, to everybody else. The uh I can completely see that. The final point I wanted yeah. to I got to read about, the book though to, to really Yes. Read. The book's it, the book's kind of almost a different beast in a lot of I, ways, yeah, but it I still mean, has some sale like there's clearly they're clearly cut from the same cloth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was Willem Dafoe, because I feel like we just kind of glossed yeah. over that. He only has a couple of scenes in this, but they're all incredibly important in terms of uh, Patrick's state of mind and honestly mm-hmm. helps your little worm theory, or at least like, you know, reveals it and kind of points out these times that Patrick is like this um, because he's the detective looking into the missing persons report of Paul Allen. And, he has a very weird performance in this, and I love the reason why. This is the thing that's been batted around the internet for fucking ever talking about this movie. Um, and I didn't really find a primary source, but it's so there's no like explicit somebody saying this isn't what uh-huh. happened. Um, apparently, Mary Heron had him do the scenes three times. One in which he had no suspicion of Patrick Bateman whatsoever. Mm-hmm. One in which he suspected Patrick Bateman but wasn't sure. And a third where he was fully aware that Patrick Bateman killed Paul Allen. And they cut together all of those three performances he, as different he, I noticed things. You yeah. could feel that for sure. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering what was up with yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, it's really, it's about Patrick's paranoia and his growing yeah. lack so of mental, he's, you he's, know, like his mental state deteriorating. Yeah. Then it, so he the whole time is going like I can get away with anything. Oh my god! This the guy's second, send me to jail. the second no, someone fine. confronts him about a potential murder, he did. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so I'm done. I'm completely done. Holy mm. shit! Uh, the <laughs> the way that he constantly is asking for like details on like yeah. what is happening. <laughs> I just love. Yeah. He goes. We saw. I don't know if it's a real play. I'm assuming it's not, but I have to look now to see. Uh, he talks about. The last oh, time we yeah. saw Paul Allen, he goes, we saw, oh, Africa, brave Africa. It was a laugh riot. <laughs> and I'm like, even if that's true, even if it's a real thing, there's no way it's a laugh riot. <laughs> it has yeah. to be a complete dour thing. 
he he is constantly lying to people too. Yes, of course. And it's like sometimes it doesn't even need to. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna get yourself into trouble for lying about that. It's like, You'd but, think. or is that like, or is he actually telling the truth to them and he's been lying to us? Ooh, right. God, which is to himself because he needs to lie about being able what to have able, time yeah. for for murders that he is actually too cowardly to commit. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it's yeah. truly. He's, it's, he's truly unhinged. It's so fascinating really, to watch that character. But, like, that's the thing about this that I like so much, and I think is the, for me, what brings up there is, like, in a way, because of how it is and because of, like, what is being taken away from it, it doesn't matter if any of the things are true because we're just watching him in the moments unravel. We're watching a guy who is a fundamentally bad person come to terms with any number of aspects of himself that have manifested in the real world and start to shut down and explode over them. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, and even more than that, I don't think it it really matters because it's just like the, this, this movie very much I think is art and it is just like a way to tell you and represent like, Hey, this kind of person and this focus, the focuses we have on these things and our attitudes sort of things are wrong and they're bad. Um, this is what the, is generated from that desire, like from yeah. that culture. Yeah. The the thing is like that, that culture, you know, maybe if somebody's saying that they're committing murders, wouldn't just like ignore it, but like they do ignore what each other does all the time. Yeah. And don't care and let them get away with, with what ended up being atrocities in the way that they abuse women and like, uh, Oh, the, the rampant commit acts of, of hate and racism yeah, exactly. and like this and that, you know, um, um, that gets, that does get ignored every time because everybody is only focused on themselves and yeah. portraying themselves as a good person. And it's what I love about the ending because it does use a historical, a real historical event to cap off and mm. encapsulate the point. They see, they're watching, uh, Reagan talk about the Iran Contra affair. Um, and Timothy Bryce, who's played by Justin Thoreau, who's another person that, You'll notice so many people in this movie as other people. Like, Josh Lucas is in this movie. A bunch of people are in this movie that you go, oh, he was that guy. Oh, my God, it's that guy. Like, sort of things. Um, even if they're just in the background. But he talks about, he says, how can you just sit there and lie like that? You know, on the outside, he pretends to be an old man, but inside. And Patrick brings up, inside doesn't matter. Like, these things are being revealed on CNN in terms of what the government did. You know, like, mm-hmm. these bad these fucking horrible things that they would do and were simply looked at presented with indifference like from the general public they went hmm all right yeah moving on like what's the next car that's coming out you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so that's the like i appreciate a movie with a succinct fucking definitive thesis statement that is resolved in its end even though it's a horrible thing to think of um yeah so i don't know yeah, the uh, the the last point that I had was from from this video that I watched on the analysis stuff that um, because of their indulgence in the way that they they created the satire and like the way that they had to like display all these cool things um, to represent the this this culture, a lot of people have uh, come to the the mindset of like it is not a good damnation of them because it does and self-indulge in that and it becomes like not critical enough Mm. um but the uh the director's response to that idea is very much like the point that 
I, no matter, even though I'm showing you this in the most extreme way possible and having him commit murders and people still like the movie and have him as an anti-hero and like it, and that my, it, it is the point. That's also and the that point. Yeah. My convention meant nothing. Yeah. Like the, I don't think she says that. Somebody else says it about her, but like in a Brings way. Brings up the idea. The, the, not just Patrick Bateman, but the movie saying it to the audience seems to know that they're not going to take it right. Uh, and is it's also almost resigned. Saying, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you're gonna all, it, fucking unironically and you know take this the way it's yeah. not supposed to be meant. Um, yeah. yeah, I. Which is thinking about it that oh. I don't know if they were like that smart to really think about it that far and, and cleverly, but that take on it I think is like very. That cool. might be a post-release realization. Right. Like that might be like yeah. A, like I said, it oh, wasn't it wasn't Mary Heron that said that. It was like one of the people doing the oh okay the video I okay. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention because Christian Bale did get a big boost off of this. He made this, he made The Machinist, and then he was in Batman. I think he was in Batman Begins partial because of this movie. They saw his fucking body and went, oh, he can be Batman for sure. He's ready. He can fucking absolutely do it. Um, but he was not at all... He was the first choice of the director for this movie. In no way, shape, or form was he any production company's first choice for this movie. A little can-do company called Lionsgate produced this, <laughs> by the way, which is fucking hilarious. Um, but the initial... You know who was initially up for this? Leonardo DiCaprio. They wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play hmm. Patrick Bateman in fucking 2000, which is like the height of, oh my God, Leo, oh my God. Um, they were going to kick Mary Heron out and they were going to have Oliver Stone do oh? it. She had written the script, so she would have gotten that credit, but she would have not been uh -huh. directing. Uh, that all fell through. Uh, I think there was an approach to David Cronenberg, but he Whoa. didn't want to film the restaurant scenes or the uh, nightclub scenes, and he didn't really want to shoot any of the violence. So <laughs> I think they what? were like, what never mind. What did he mind. want to shoot? Um, <laughs> they, they just said, they were like, never mind. Um, what you, but, <laughs> so Leo, Leo falls through. They give it back to Mary Heron, but they go, you cannot have Christian. I can't stress enough how much you can't have Christian Bale in this movie. And she's like, you guys are fucking idiots, but fine. So she basically went, let me round up some hot actors who I know will say no to this movie. <laughs> and she got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Ewan McGregor, Vince Vaughn, and Ed Norton. Matt and Ben immediately said no. And she's like, thank God, great. It was approached to Ewan McGregor. Fucking Christian Bale called Ewan McGregor and went, when they offer this to you, please say no. I want it so bad. Please say no. And so he said no to it. Um, Vince nice. Vaughn had just come off of Psycho. So Mary yep. Heron was like, I'm going to just finagle and kind of say, like, no, don't do this. You can't be Psycho and She was the psycho. most worried about Edward Norton, but it ended up falling through. Like, there was yep. a discussion about being model physique. There was a very hilarious... Uh, not hilarious. It was very like absurd, uh, sexist thing. Second, you know, double on double standard, where they were talking. The producers were talking about Ed Norton with Mary Heron. Mary Heron was like, "He isn't like we're looking for model, like that sort of perfect chiseled kind of look." And Ed Norton's mm -hmm. a handsome guy, but he's not that type of handsome. And yeah. they go, "Well, it's in the eye of the beholder." And she's like, "Unfuck!" If I was talking about <laughs> the one women, time I need you a beef, never be fucked. Yeah, like the one time I need this excuse to fucking say no to someone, yeah. and they're like, "Well, you know, it, you know. who knows?" And it's like, "God, the fucking sexism." <laughs> uh, but yeah, Christian obviously ended up begrudgingly. They gave it to him, and he's fucking become the hottest thing since sliced bread. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Anyway. All right, that's all I got. Absolutely, fucking, I love this. Oh, uh, the, for the for the updated rating, I'm gonna say we're gonna put a Ghost Skull Alien on the website yes. because I do believe like it, it's important enough in our culture. I think in like the like in are film you still cinema. at least at a Mister Cool? Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. Definitely, Mister Cool. I'm fine. That happens. We don't. Where we're like, eh, we'll just yeah. Yeah. I think it's like if if it wasn't if it was a random movie, it still would be Mister Cool. Yeah. But because of its importance in cinema and like just like movie watching culture and all, everything, you know, it's like it's just the absurdity. Just got, it's just one of those ones you you have to watch. You know, you have to watch this one. The, the absurdity of a serial killer going, I need to kill this guy, but. I need to kill him in my nice suit, so I have to wear a super cool-looking clear raincoat so you can still see my suit while I murder him, but I don't get blood on my very important suit is so funny to, like, just... It perfectly encapsulates so much about it, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm going to go with, with Mr. Cool, but uh, we'll, we'll get into Ghost Going on this day. Very nice. All right, well, that's that's that. I want to thank uh, Eyes of Astoria for a wonderful theme song, Dead Walk. Melanie for running our Instagram. You can catch Melanie or John from Eyes of Astoria in various episodes by going to the website, thebloodystream.com, and going to pod people. Excellent. Um, go fucking listen to Downtime with John and Emily. If you don't, I'm going to put on a clear raincoat and dance to Huey Lewis in the news. You can find us on social medias <laughs> <laughs> nothing after that just, just do that I'm just gonna do that and, That's you'll, a TikTok. and you'll know um, <laughs> you can find us on social media at bloody stream pod we'll definitely talk about skin and at some point and we're gonna go see Mithregan, no. um both in theaters and we'll give you live updates on those I swear to god maybe on social medias you don't know three thrust three thrust what's gonna happen when they make more Megan movies and they get to the third one the three's gonna get and huge. we'll talk to you <laughs> same bloody time same bloody channel <laughs>